This is the NC Everything Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to the show where we talk about everything that has anything to do with North Carolina. I'm your host, Curtis, and this is episode four. Now, today's episode is kind of a listener request. I say it like that because it was requested before the show ever even took off. It was still in the development stages. But I will take this opportunity to remind you that you can request shows, you can give me ideas, you can make any suggestion. Just go to www.thenceverythingpodcast.com and you can find links there to get a hold of me. This includes Facebook, Twitter, and email. And so, on to the show. Have you ever been walking in the woods and felt like you were being watched? Ever smelt something odd out there and couldn't find the source? Have you ever been camping and heard the sounds of two big feet stomping right outside your tent? That's right, today's episode is about the mythical, the legendary, and the extraordinary Bigfoot. Bigfoot, or Sasquatch, is a large humanoid creature that resembles an ape, or a gorilla. They walk on two legs. Yes, they have two big feet. And a lot of witnesses say they have a strong smell and sometimes have a call that sounds like a scream or a whistle. Now, a lot of stuff you read will say that the Bigfoot is non-aggressive and that it's shy. However, I'm a huge Bigfoot follower and I'm constantly reading encounters. I love it. And so I've actually heard a few reports, not in North Carolina, about people being stalked, chased, and even attacked. In fact, earlier this year, I read a story about a hunter who was chased by a Bigfoot and he eventually climbed a tree. The creature got to the bottom of the tree and spent the next hour shaking it, trying to get the man down. Eventually, the Sasquatch went one way and the hunter ran the other. Now, I'll tell you the origin of the name Sasquatch, but I promise you I'm going to mess up a couple of these words, so just bear with me. But the name Sasquatch is is an alteration of the name Sasquets from the Halkimalem language spoken by First Nations people in southwestern British Columbia. That wasn't too hard, I guess. So how did the Bigfoot legend start? Well, in September 1958, a journalist named Andrew Gonzoli, who worked for the Humboldt Times in Humboldt County, California, recorded a letter from a reader. And this letter told about loggers in Northern California who discovered mysterious large footprints. Later, Gonzoli went on record saying he just thought the big footprints made a good story for a Sunday morning. However, the article went 1950s version of viral. A lot of people read it and were really fascinated by it. And so, Gonzoli decided to do some follow-up articles. And it was in one of these follow-up articles that Gonzoli said that the loggers named the owner of the mysterious prints Bigfoot. And so began the legend. Now let's jump all the way across the country over to North Carolina because that's what this show is really about. Now I actually found out that doing research for Bigfoot North Carolina was really hard. Not because it's hard to come by, it's just so much of it. Also the reports range from I smelt something weird to I was kidnapped and held for a week by a Bigfoot. Now I'm exaggerating on that second part, but you get my point. Uh, by the way, if you were indeed kidnapped and held for a week by Bigfoot, I didn't know that at the time of this recording, and I'm not making light of your unique experience. 
but write the show so I can put it on the air. It would be a great story. Now, there's two organizations I want to tell you about. One is Beefro, and the other one is Bigfoot 911. Now, I want to start with Beefro. That's B-F-R-O, and it stands for the Bigfoot Field Research Organization. And this is a nationwide group of people who document and investigate all Bigfoot encounters across the country. Think of the FBI, but for Bigfoot. They actually have a really cool website. And on this website, they list all Bigfoot encounters state by state. And when you click on the state, you get county by county. So in North Carolina, there have been 97 encounters in 46 of the 100 counties. Now, when you start clicking on the different counties, you'll see that most of the counties on the list have one or two postings, but Macon County has five, Cleveland and Onslow County have six, and Montgomery County has 14 sightings. Now, I don't know how often this chart is updated, so those numbers may have changed, but that's a lot of sightings that the general public never really hears about. So I need to tell you that there's three classes of Bigfoot encounters. Class A is you saw a Bigfoot. Class B is you saw evidence of a Bigfoot. And Class C is somebody told you they saw a Bigfoot or they saw evidence of a Bigfoot. So getting back to Montgomery County for a second, it was interesting. Most of the encounters are around Uwari. And Uwari is Uwari National Forest. It's an ancient mountain. It's really wooded and really secluded. So it makes sense there's a lot of encounters there. And a lot of people go up there to hike and ride their four-wheelers and ride horses. Anyway, a lot of the encounters in Uari have actually been Class A. For example, there was a sighting on Highway 109 near Mount Gilead in Uari National Forest. And on another occasion, campers had a morning sighting in Uari National Forest. Now I want to tell you about Bigfoot 911. Bigfoot 911 is a Marion-based cryptid research group, and they're really active in the Bigfoot community. In 2019, they sponsored the very first Blue Ridge Bigfoot conference at McDowell Technical Community College. And at this conference, a bunch of researchers got together and shared their experiences and their knowledge. They talked about new areas of investigation, and they discussed stuff like how does Bigfoot communicate and where does he come from? Now, if you're wondering if I'm going to read you some Bigfoot encounters, I read a lot. And I know you don't really want to be read to here, but I found two I really like. And one of them is from John Bruner, who's actually the founder of Bigfoot 911. And again, even though I don't like it, I will be reading word for word his report. So here we go. John Bruner was on a research mission in McDowell County when this encounter occurred. Here is his story, and I quote, We did an expedition last night at research area number one, and we hit pay dirt. We had three teams in the woods, and I had deployed glow sticks at various places in the area. One of the teams had walked up to where I was stationed. We began hearing movement off to our right and maybe three steps at a time. There was a glow stick about 30 yards from where we were. We heard a whistle, and I looked up at the glow stick, and it had disappeared, then came back into view. The angle of the moon was shining straight down on the road, and something big stepped into view. I turned my headlamp on, and I saw a large, bipedal animal covered in hair. It took one step into the woods. I took off running toward where it went into the woods. I entered the woods about 50 yards and stopped and listened. 
I didn't hear anything. I scanned the woods with my light. It was standing 30 yards to my right, with his right hand on a tree that had been broken off nine foot above the ground. Its face was solid black, no hair on it. The hair looked shaggy all over. It turned and took five steps and was at the bottom of the hill, probably 30 yards. I could see the gluteus maximus flexing with each step. We tracked it as far as we could, never saw anything else. On the way out of the woods, we kept having rocks thrown at us. Wow, what a night. End quote. The next one I'm going to read you is from a different person. I quote, I was canoeing on the Yadkin River with a friend recently. We were half a mile downstream from the canoe launch at Shoals Road, north of East Bend, North Carolina, about 8 a.m. I noticed something dark and hairy hunched down in the weeds and bushes on the north bank of the river. As we passed it, it stood up and ran into the woods. We got a good look at it, and we were sure it was Bigfoot, about seven feet tall and very thick hair all around the body. We were surprised how agile it was because the bank from the bushes into the woods was very steep. We turned the canoe around and got closer to the river edge. It was very muddy, and I think the Bigfoot had been in the river. Not much more to say. I believe there is a group of them in the area because I have heard of others on the river seeing Bigfoot, usually in Davie County. Our sighting was in Yadkin County, and the state park nearby has had sightings also. End quote. Other possible evidence of a Bigfoot in the area are tree structures. Now, I left tree structures out of the initial description because I think it's a little less common, or people don't report it as much, but the descriptions as well as photos I've seen of these tree structures look something like the Blair Witch twig thing for some of you older folks, but instead of being made out of twigs, it's made out of saplings or logs. These logs are rammed into the ground or stacked in an kind of like a teepee form or bent over to make some sort of arch. A lot of photos resemble like an atarisk or a star pattern, and in one article, which I will have a link to in the show notes, shows huge logs balanced on two stumps. Now, the naysayers, outside of saying nay, will say that a storm did this or some sort of weather phenomenon. But I'm telling you, I've seen pictures and this ain't natural. They could be faked. They could be humans who have done it. But some of this stuff seems pretty impossible for a regular human. Now, nobody really knows why this is done. They speculated it's a communication thing. It doesn't really look like they're trying to build any sort of shelter. Now, personally, I've speculated if it was just out of boredom. I mean, I know when I was a kid, I used to go out to the woods and build what I called clubhouses. And I would stack a bunch of sticks and twigs together. I'd go get some leaves and I'd get pretty big sticks if I thought I could handle them. And I'd just throw them together. And as soon as it looked like any sort of partition, I called it a clubhouse. Now, if Daddy would help me, a lot of times they were a lot more extensive. I remember having a covered bridge and a roof. But most of the time, they looked a lot like these tree structures that they claim is made by Bigfoot. And I guess that leads us into the theories. There have been a ton of theories to explain Bigfoot and plenty more to explain them away. And I'm not going to sit here and read you every little hint or rumor I've heard over the years. But there are a few that I really like. Number one, Bigfoot is a human. I read an article years ago that described a Native American tribe who had a rigorous tradition for young boys. 
To enter into manhood, you had to leave the tribe and enter into the wild. You had to stay out there for 10 years, and you must not have any contact with another human being. I'm trying to recall this from memory, so I apologize for being vague. If any one of you remembers this or remembers hearing something about it, please go to the website, email me, let me know. I'm really curious about this because I had forgotten until I started doing the research for this. Anyway, the theory, of course, is that when you see a Bigfoot, you are actually seeing one of these native boys, most likely covered in mud for camouflage and probably other filth. They could be wearing animal furs for clothing, and they lurk and stay hidden because of the no-human-contact rule. However, I don't like this because I feel like throwing rocks at campers would be considered contact. Theory number two is that they are from an alternate dimension. They slip into our world via some portal somewhere and have a look around, maybe play, maybe make a few waves, and then they just slip back through the portal, and that's why we can't find them. Now this theory builds on another theory that UFOs enter our world through the same means and that Bigfoot are kind of pet to the aliens, or at least the aliens brought them here. A possible reason for this theory may be the reports of people shooting at the creature and the bullets seem to pass right through them. Also, the lack of any trace. I mean, they have found footprints and hair at times, but no carcasses. And theory number three, which I don't like because I'm a believer, is that it's all just a hoax and people are just sneaking around the woods in a Bigfoot suit. This could make sense, except who's making all these Bigfoot suits? And where are they going when people are done with them? Why aren't people bragging about their hoax? I realize that bragging about it would be counterproductive, but look how many people document mundane things on social media like it's earth-shattering news. I can't believe not a single dude would get drunk and talk about the time he snuck around Montgomery County in a Bigfoot costume. Furthermore, humans like to kill, well, everything. Being a hunter and a bit of a woodsman myself, I don't think it would be very wise to sneak up on people in a monster suit in hopes of anonymously going viral. With any mysterious entity or unexplained phenomenon, there will always be naysayers, but personally I think there is just as much evidence that Bigfoot is real as there is that he isn't. Now, as I've said a couple times already, I'm a believer. But let me clarify that a little bit. I've never really been cut and dry or simple, so though I say I'm a believer in Bigfoot, a truer statement would be that I believe in the possibility that Bigfoot could exist. I've never seen one, but I feel like I could. Another thing is, there's a whole lot of stuff in this world that I have never seen, and I probably never will see, but I know for a fact it does indeed exist. But whether you're a believer or not, there is certainly something you should check out. Each September in Marion, several city blocks are shut down and people crowd the streets for the NC Bigfoot Festival. They have a bunch of researchers and experts visiting to chat and display artifacts. You can join in on the Bigfoot Howling Contest, buy t-shirts, and take as many selfies as you want with Bigfoot himself. Well, at least an effigy of him. I had no idea this was even a thing until I was doing the research these past couple weeks. Unfortunately, it was canceled this year, 2020, because of coronavirus, but I promise you I'll be marking my calendar next year. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up my episode on Bigfoot. I hope you enjoyed the show, and as always, I hope it was educational if it wasn't entertaining. Now, this was episode four. I don't know if I'm improving or not in four episodes. I hope this show gets a lot better. I hope I get more comfortable doing the show. 
But whether I'm good or not, I'd love to know what you think. If you go to the website at www.thencaverythingpodcast.com, you can email us, but you can also see past episodes, you can see the show notes, and you can see a link to our Facebook page if you'd like to contact us there. And the only thing left to say now is, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank <laughs> you.